Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I really feel like we left a lot of points on the board. I truly do. Uh, I mean, there was a ton of missed opportunities from just my perspective, a lot of missed throws. Um, you know, there's only two things I hate more than missing throws, and that's uh, lying and skim milk. And skim milk's just water lying about being milk. So uh, got to make those throws. That's awesome. <laughs> that's great. That's a Ron Swanson <laughs> I quote love it. Parks and Rec, which you can watch now on Peacock, although don't watch it right now. You can watch it anytime. Watch us for the next hour. Seriously, uh, though, he makes I mean, he makes a good point. First off, he did. He played really good in the last game. He missed some throws where he's probably going, what the hell? How did I miss that? We talked about that on Sunday. But really, skim milk? I mean, do you mess with skim milk? Are you a skim milk guy? I, I only drink chocolate milk. What are you, seven? I, what are you? What are I, you? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, oh, oh, you're asking me if yeah. I'm seven? Yes, I you, am. <laughs> you are asking me? That, that, that's, that's a harsh indictment coming from you, Christopher. I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I like cheese. I get my dairy from cheese. If you have I a bowl really of cereal, like would you put? I have not had a bowl of cereal in years. What? Okay. I, I don't right. eat cereal. I'm an adult. Oh, I don't know. I'm about to eat cereal as soon as this show's over. I'm going for cereal. I don't like cereal. But I, I got to do whole milk. I can't yeah. skim 2%. I don't know. Once you do whole milk and you're used to that fat and everything else in there, I just skim milk and 2%. It, it's just, it's nothing. Like he said, it's water lying to be milk. That's what it is. Well, uh, I, when I, I we, we used to have skim milk all the time. Uh, I think we get 2% now, although my son is partial to whole milk. It is more filling. It right? is. Uh, it gets the job done, but uh, it's just too much. It's like melted butter. Although I like butter, I like cheese, I like all dairy products except milk. There's no reason for me to drink milk unless it has chocolate sauce in it and <laughs> stir it up well. Then I'll then I'll drink milk. All right, uh, power rankings time. I tried to think of a segue, but couldn't. So let's just get to the power rankings and let's unveil what we have this week. They're incomplete because week twelve isn't over yet. The Steelers still at number one. You can't drop if you don't lose. You can't lose if you don't play. So congratulations, Steelers. You're holding off the Chiefs because you're still undefeated, and we'll see if they hold that. I will. Uh, adjust these after tonight's game uh and uh if the Steelers lose they will not be number one period although I don't think they'll lose Chris you think there's a chance they will your first reaction let's just focus on the top 10 as we always do your first thought when you saw those well I I mean I got no big issue that I look at right there I mean the top four I think is pretty self-explanatory I mean maybe you could switch the Bills and the Packers okay I mean if I was going to be picky there that I'd probably do that I'd probably take Green Bay in that matchup. But, I mean, I understand you going there. I do. Then one that's tricky to me is, like, the Dolphins at nine. I'm just still not sure about them. Like, I look at the Dolphins at nine, and I was surprised that, I don't know, that you got them ahead of the Browns right now. Just with the way the Dolphins have looked the last two weeks, and I know they won and all that, but the Browns are playing pretty good football, and I don't know about Tua or Fitz or where the hell that's going. But I have no major issues with your top 10 other than that. I think it's pretty damn good. 
Yeah, I, I worry about the Dolphins without Tua, and I have a feeling. I don't know this. Yeah. But I have a feeling that thumb injury is more than just uh, he'll be fine in a week type of a thing. And with Brian Fitzpatrick, it's one thing to beat the Jets. It's another thing to face a tougher opponent. So we'll, we'll see if they can continue to stay in the top 10. The team that, that just intrigues me the most this year is the Colts. We dropped them four down to number 10 after they lost – not a close game to the Titans. They no, lost convincingly. They were dominated. The Titans. Yeah. And I just I don't know where this team is. And and I almost put the Browns. I should have put the Browns ahead of the Colts. I should have. The Browns beat the Colts and the Browns have a better record. What was I thinking? I don't know What's either. What's wrong with me? That's where the Browns should be number ten. Right, right. I would have said that I, I probably would have made the Browns nine and you could have made the Dolphins ten and the Colts eleven. That 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 was that's what I said. That's when I first saw it. And I know we're going to have to talk about it. That was the first thing that jumped out to me. And I know you're kind of a believer in Cleveland a little bit and everything there and Stefanski and what they're doing. So I was just surprised from that aspect, the personal aspect. And they played pretty damn good football lately. So I'm with you. What about what about the Titans at seven? Right? I mean, they're coming off two really impressive wins. They've seemed to got their crap together here and, and they're starting to round into the team we thought they might be. You know, do you did you have any thought of maybe putting them in front of the Packers and the Seahawks uh, and making that move? No, because I feel like they're still just kind of yeah. Look, the Packers and Seahawks both won. Yeah. So I, it's it's tough to start leapfrogging. And yes, it was an impressive win. You could say the Seahawks. I mean, they only won by six, but it was a garbage time touchdown. I. I I, I guess I want to see the Titans show me a little more consistency. And I think I had trepidation with them for the same reason I had trepidation with the Browns. I want to see what happens this weekend when those two teams get together. Remember yeah. last year when everyone was thinking, Browns, oh, Super Bowl run, here we go. And the Titans beat them down. It was an upset. Although we said for I said for months, I the Titans are going to beat them you week did. one. Here it comes, here yep. it comes, here it comes. And I assume the Titans are going to beat them again, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this is the chance for the Browns to get everyone's attention and show that they're not this team that's in that weird formula of win the games you're supposed to win, lose the games you're supposed to lose. This is a game they're supposed to lose. So I just I want to see. I want to wait and see what both teams do this weekend before I make a push up for the Titans or for the Browns or a push down for the Browns. I didn't want you know put the Browns in the top ten and then yeah. they get. They get shellacked this weekend. Why the hell were they in the top 10? So it was enough for me. I'm looking at it now. It was enough for me to put them past the Ravens and the Bucks. Yeah. that I didn't even think that, hey, you're this far. You may as well go ahead and jump the Colts, too, and maybe jump the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll forgive you. And, you know, the fact that Week 12's not over, you can just release some new power rankings tomorrow and make that adjustment. It's no problem. All right, if the Steelers lose tonight, Will they go any farther down the list than two? Would you think about moving them to a three behind the Chiefs and the Saints? I mean, is there any way yes. or scenario? Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. Yes, because the Saints have won eight in a row. Yeah. The Saints have won All eight right. in a row. So um, I, just because the Steelers would have – there's just they're the perfect record. You, if, when you still have a perfect record this late in the season, you're the number one team in the NFL. Like, like I said, this isn't Troy State – going undefeated and still being behind a two-loss Alabama team. This is the NFL. This is one, well, two conferences, but they're of equal significance. Yes, right. You're undefeated. You're number one. But once you lose, all bets are off. And you have a one-game losing streak, and there's a team that's got an eight-game winning streak. So I think that if they lose, they will fall to number three. Uh, I don't think they'll lose, but if they do, they'll fall to number three. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's break down. You want to go move on from the top ten? Let's let's do this. Let's, yeah. We've got our questions here. Let's yeah, answer yeah, some yeah. questions. Yeah. Uh, Derek Rudolph via Twitter has this question: Buffalo's defense and run game is steadily improving week after week. What are they doing differently, Chris, on both sides of the ball to improve? Yeah. Well, I think we health on the defensive side of the ball has helped them a little bit. You know, having more health in the secondary, the defensive line, the linebackers have gotten a little healthy. So. I feel like they're doing more on the defensive side of the ball. That's what I would say more than anything, where it's more creative. It was very vanilla early on in the year, and I feel like teams kind of cracked their code a few times. Now I see them lining up in different disguises, you know, disguising coverages, more movement that way, and I think that's causing some issues for, for some uh, offenses. And, and then, you know, the Bills offense itself, that's what's encouraging about last week. 
you know, yeah, expected them to throw the ball in the Chargers. They didn't. They won the game with their defense and their run game for the most part. And then Josh Allen made a few plays and managed the game pretty well other than one stupid interception. So uh, the, they're off. I think they realized, too, hey, we can't just think Josh Allen's going to throw for 380 and four touchdowns every week, and we're going to win that way. we got to have a little balance, a little versatility in our attack. And Singletary, Moss, they're both healthy at running back, and they seem to have gotten something going. I don't think it's anything like – dramatically schematically different on offense other than they've just tried to put more effort into running the ball really ever since that Chiefs game and they've gotten a little bit better since then Rams had climbed to number five after beating the Buccaneers in prime time the loss at home to the 49ers completion of the sweep by San Francisco they fall down to number eight is Jared Goff truly their biggest weakness right now well um I for my money yes he's one of the he's he's up there he is I mean that was that wasn't good football. I don't know any other way to say it. It's the same old thing we always say about Jared Goff. And, and not to say, we know you can win football games, but we've seen like nine out of ten times that when they can't run and McVay screens and all these McVay specials don't work, Jared Goff is below average when it comes to becoming a drop-back, pocket, get-on-my-team, get-on-my-back franchise quarterback. I don't know any other way to say it. It's below average NFL throwing of the football. It's below average movement in the pocket and extending plays. And it's just average decision making. You know, so that 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 game, I mean, again, after watching that back yesterday, I, I can understand why Sean McVay had a, a seven-paragraph answer about, you know, uh, benching Jared Goff the other day because his brain probably broke going like, what the hell is he doing with some of these plays and some of these things he's doing? Uh, he's an issue that way. But more times than not, McVay and the way they play doesn't put him on that pedestal to where he has to be that guy. And that's what they just have to uh, continue to work on, him getting a little bit better and, and McVay finding more tricks for his offense to kind of help him out. I also think the Rams are having an identity crisis with their running game. Sean McVay so badly wants to have the interchangeable parts running attack that the 49ers have. And I think Sean McVay and the Rams feeling stung by the Todd Gurley situation. You put so much effort, so much yep, sure. money, so much emphasis into Todd Gurley being the guy. And then when he's not the guy, what happens? Your running game falls apart. But they're not really committing to this shared job revolving door. They just need to make one guy their guy. The Rams have a long history of great running backs. I remember Lawrence McCutcheon back in the 70s. They had Eric Dickerson. They had Marshall Falk. They had Todd Gurley. I just think that it feels like he's trying to force this job-sharing arrangement onto the running game when – for most teams, you just need to develop one guy. Who, and, and he's got a backup yeah. who knows his role. He knows his role. He's going to come in to give the guy a breather once in a while, or if he gets banged up a little bit, you're the guy next man up. But but this, this hey, we want to develop this diverse running attack with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. It's not working. It's understandable, And I think Mike. maybe they'd be better off if they just channeled it into right. one guy. Pick the guy that's your guy. Right and build your offense around him because I feel like they don't have an identity. I feel like their identity is short pass to Robert Woods. That's yeah. their identity. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it is in a lot of ways. Short pass to Robert Woods, short pass to Cooper Cup, you know, speed sweep to Robert Woods, oh, inside zone, you know, oh, bootleg. That's, that's really what it is. You broke it down pretty damn good. And, you know, Mike, I understand what you're saying. You know, running backs, they need to get in a rhythm as a runner, too, and those type of things. And, yeah, I'm with you, and I don't think their offense sets up for running back by committee anyways. I, I agree with you there. You know, one, McVay's offense, it, it's simple. He has a, a formula in which he uses that's very simple, and he understands how to use that. Oh, wait, you're stopping this. Okay, now I go to this. Oh, right, now you've adjusted this. I can go back to this and that. But it's simple. I mean, we've talked about it. It's run, it's speed sweep, it's fake the speed sweep, fake the run, screen, fake the speed sweep, fake the run, play action pass, fake the speed sweep, fake the run, bootleg. That's what it is. I mean, that's his whole offense. So you don't need running back by committee. When you talk about teams that do running back by committee, right, Shanahan, um, the Patriots, 
the Saints a little bit. I know it's just two guys there, but they have roles within certain running schemes. And that's to me where it's different. McVay and that offense, it's the same. It's inside, outside zone, almost every run play. They don't pull guards. They don't do man-to-man run blocking. Shanahan has running backs where he goes, ooh, you know, I like Raheem Mostert on outside zone. Ooh, I like Tevin Coleman when the backside guard pulls, and now he's got to re- – so he has different roles and how they fit that way, and that's why it works for them. The Patriots, right? Hey, it's, you know, James White, when we're in the spread, we might hand him the ball, and then we get in a power condensed, you know, formation, it's Harris up the middle. Uh, that's where it's a little different, and, you know, I- I'm with you. I-, I think you should try to ride one in that offense and just have a guy come in and spell the guy from time to time. I think Kyle Shanahan is so deep into his head that he felt like he tried to emulate Kyle Shanahan, and that's just not working. Be who you are. Don't try to be anyone else just because someone else happens to be beating you more often than not. Question about the Browns, and this this causes me to feel a little bit better about not putting them any higher than I did. Andy Mack, too. Theoretically, I understand the Browns at 11 because of their record, but honestly, could they beat the Ravens, Bucks, and Cardinals? Each of those three teams are behind the Browns. He had a hard time justifying yeah. getting the Browns to 11, I never considered, oh, wait, maybe they should go even higher. And if I had, maybe I would have dropped them a little bit lower. I'm really stuck right now with the Browns because you can't deny eight and three. No, There aren't many eight-win teams right now, but they've got eight wins. And this kind of reminds me of the 99 Rams. When you look back at the Rams' schedule that year, they had a lot of easy games. And I know that Rodney Harrison would say there are no easy games in the NFL, but there are degrees of difficulty. Yeah, there is. And sometimes you just get blessed with a schedule where check the box, check the box, check right. the box. We got eight wins now. So I really don't know where the Browns fit because I don't believe in the Browns when it's time to play one of the better teams in the NFL because we've seen time and again they don't just lose – they get blown out yeah, well, by some of those right. teams. You're right. Well, I, I mean, really, the Colts game is the only game we look at and go, oh, that was a quality team that they beat. You know, it, they're, they're, they're a team that's, you know, solid defense but nothing special. And it's like uh, a little bit like your Minnesota Vikings where the run – it's everything's predicated on the run game. And if that doesn't work, right, where it didn't have huge success in those losses – the pass offense and things is limited. It is. It's why I was never a huge fan of the Stefanski offense. It's 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 all about that run game, and that's fine, and that's worked well. Um, I get that. But, yeah, I think that's the big question about the Cleveland Browns. It certainly is. And just how good of a quality of a football team are they? Uh, I don't know. But the way they've played this year, you know, you look at the Giants and Jets, and you think, hey, Cleveland's better than them. They'll win those two games, and that gives them 10 wins no matter what they do with the other three games against the Titans, Ravens, and Steelers. So that is the big question. The big question is going to be just like we talk about with some of these other run-heavy teams, a little bit like the Rams. You know, Baker Mayfield's more talented than Jared Goff, in my opinion. There's no doubt about that. But if they can't run the football, can Baker Mayfield and that pass game schematically beat football teams? I think that's still a question that we haven't solved yet in this NFL season. And I'm glad you compared them to the Vikings because Mayfield is just like Cousins in the respect of when the play that's called works, he's fine. When the play that's called falls apart, he's not among that that handful of guys who can make chicken salad on the fly. Yeah. It all falls apart. And, and Mayfield's elusiveness and athleticism isn't the same as the quarterbacks who, who can recognize, oh, crap. That's not going to work. I better come up with something else. Cousins is is like Mayfield in that regard, and uh, I, I, I just, it wouldn't it be amazing if this team gets to the playoffs, and there's a decision made after the season or after 2021. Maybe they become a perennial playoff team, but but they're bumping their head against a ceiling because they don't have a quarterback who can win the game for them when the running game isn't there and that they would decide at a time when they're successful to get a different quarterback. That it's, it's odd to think of that question as it relates to the Browns because they've been spinning in the mud looking for quarterbacks all these years because they've been bad. The idea that the Browns are good but not good enough and what's holding them back could be their quarterback, and maybe they don't sign Baker Mayfield to a second contract. You know, one of these days, one of these teams is going to say, we're not giving you 
a $30 million a year yeah, deal right. just because we're, the team is good, right. just because you're not a bust. Agreed. We're not giving you that kind of money. Agreed. It's going to happen at some point, and I'm sure the Eagles wish they had done it with Carson Wentz, and I'm sure the Rams wish they had done it with Jared Goff, and I our agree. other team's going to learn from that experience. I don't know, Mike. I, I think it's coming, though. I think you're going to see it because of what, like we talk, we've talked about it a lot lately with all the influx of quarterbacks coming in the league. All the success we've seen teams have with these rookie quarterback contracts, all those type of things. You know, I don't think it's going to be like, hey, move on, but I think there could be a point in time where they just go like, let's just take Baker Mayfield because we're talking about it and go, you know, no, we're not we're not paying you 32 million. We believe the offense, you know, runs through the run game. We like you, you're good. You can be our starter, but here's 24 million or 22 million. And do you want to go out in free agency and try to start and make a niche with a new team and do all that? Fine. Go ahead, see how it works. We kind of have a good thing going here right now, and you're an important part of it. We want you here, but we're not going to ruin the team to make you be here. That's where, to me, we see the Rams and the Eagles, yeah, flirted with that a little bit. And I'll say this, too, with Baker Mayfield to defend him. Hey, the way they play, it's not necessarily easy for a quarterback all the time either. You know, run, run. Hey, it's great when it's successful, but, oh, wait, coach, this series we ran twice, and it's third and 11. And now I haven't gotten to throw the ball, and – you want me to make the biggest throw of the day right here. And that that that's can be hard. I'm not giving up on Baker Mayfield. I'm not. And Mike, I think he can work. He can be a guy that I think if the run game doesn't work, I think he has the potential to be a thrower and still help the team win and carry the team that way. To me, they the offense needs to grow there in that area too. I'm not just blaming him. I think it's a Stefanski drop back pass conversation to go along with that but either way the Browns are winning football games and they seem to be getting better and there's some belief there and and they're real they're they're a force to be reckoned with with that run game that's for sure I look forward to the day that a team says to a starting quarterback who otherwise has not been a bust we're just not doing it and if you want to go out on the open market and try to get more so be it it, it creates a hell of a game of chicken though because the team's got to come up with a plan if they're not going to keep the guy and it could be that they fill the spot before he has a chance to come back and say, I'll take that $24 million a year instead of 32 or $33 million a year. So it could be coming. Bucks at number 13. Mike Ness, 18. Is it possible this season for the Bucks to break into the top five? Again, we do these all the way until week 17. They've got 12 games in. They're 7-5. and five. So going into the last week of the season, the week 17 power rankings, the best they would be is 10-5. and five. I don't think that's going to get them into the top five, Chris. I, I would think it's going to be close, definitely. Um, uh, you know, yeah, they'd have to – I mean, I don't know. It's your power ranking list, but they'd probably have to win impressively, right? Four games in a row, really be dominant, and then you'd probably have to see some of these other teams in the top five lose another game or two to even have that conversation. The Bills got some tough games, so they could easily lose two games and end up be, you know, 11-5 and five or 10-6 and six if it got worse than that. You know, the Packers, I don't see them falling off much. So there's a chance, but I think it's going to be more about other teams not playing to their potential either. Uh, I think the Bucks have top five potential as a football team, as we know. But, man, it's all over the place the last four weeks of the year, and I just don't know really how to gauge them or what to think of them right now. Yeah, and, and look, they have two weeks to figure their issues out, and for their sake, they need to take full advantage of trying to get everyone on the same page, and maybe it's just not going to happen. Maybe you've got a couple of stubborn guys in Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, and and may, maybe maybe Bruce Arians, to quote the line that we almost fully completed yesterday in relation to Brady, maybe the Danny Glover from Lethal Weapon line applies to Bruce Arians. I'm getting too old for this bleep and maybe he walks away and says someone else can be Brady's coach next year Patriots at number 16 back in the top half of the rankings Rooster 17 12 the Pats at 16 really I'm a Patriots fan and that's too high I mean come on it's the Patriots they beat the Cardinals they've shown they beat the Ravens yeah it didn't work out against the Texans but but Chris, they're they're still hanging around. They're hanging around. They're hanging around, and you don't want them in the postseason if you're the Steelers or the Chiefs or one of the other good teams in the AFC. Yeah, that, that you know, it's it's like you know, fans. Hey, there's no beauty points here. There's no beauty points. They've won what three out of the last four, and we're putting themselves in position to at least tie the game in that one they lost, if not win it. You know, so yeah, it's not pretty. It's as ugly as it gets every week. It's like watching. 
1964 football again, but I kind of like it. I do. And everybody's got to stop get, getting over like, hey, this record's this, so we should be able to beat these teams. It, it's a matchup league. And, yeah, the Patriots at 16, I'll say this, I probably would have had the, the, the 49ers a spot ahead of them. All right? I'll just say that. But there's teams like you just said. The Cardinals versus the Patriots, I mean, we just saw what happened. The Vikings play the Patriots. I think I'm going to take the Patriots. We saw the, beat, the Patriots beat the Ravens, who are number 12 on your list. The Browns, who we just talked about, they play the Patriots. I don't know about that. That would be interesting. So the Patriots have beat the Dolphins, who are at number nine. You know, so th this and, and the Bills, who were four, they were toe to toe with them. I don't think it's totally crazy where you have them. I don't. It's just never going to look pretty or sexy. And I just think people got to kind of just come to terms with that reality. Hot blog sports on the on the 49ers at 17. If Jimmy G and George Kittle come back healthy soon, what do you think the chances are that the 49ers make it into the playoffs? And it's amazing what one game can do to change a team's perception. But completing the sweep of the Rams, oh, here they are at five and six. Oh, here they are getting guys back. Oh, wait, George Kittle may be back. Jimmy G may be back. I'm telling you. And what, what a difference to, to be the one seed one year possibly the seventh seed the next year and be as dangerous, if not more dangerous in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it, it is unbelievable. I mean, it's Kyle Shanahan, his coaching, Robert Sala on the defensive side of the ball. We talked about it, all the things they've done to their roster, the players they've accumulated. I mean, they're a team that I go watch out. I mean, if they get in the playoffs, like you said earlier, you don't want to see them come into town. Not with that run game and Debo Samuel and Ayuk and some of those defensive linemen and company they got to play. But, man, they got a tough stretch. I mean, they got still tough games on the schedule. You know, so, yeah, I love the, their prospects when Jimmy G and Kittle get back. They can be really dangerous. We know that. But Buffalo, Arizona, Seattle, you know, those are toss-up games right now. You can't sit here and say, oh, I feel good about the 49ers winning them. Yeah, I mean – they're looking like they're playing better football than the Arizona Cardinals right now, definitely. But nothing's a lock as far as those three games. And we see Washington with their defense. They might be a pain in the butt for the 49ers as well. What's your I'm gut say? You're going to think they're going to make gonna, it or not? I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at my predictions. Oh, my God, they were horrible. Before the season, uh, the, the seven teams to make it to the playoffs in the NFC, 49ers, seven seed. That, and, I think uh, that's where I had them, too, or somewhere right around I, there. I, I, I have a feeling they're going to make it. I have a feeling they're getting in. And uh, they, yeah, if you're the Packers, if you're the Saints, if if you're, uh, well, who cares? I mean, the, 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 the crazy thing. With but the, any of the NFC West teams that's they could really, beat. That's what it comes down to, Mike. I think that that's when you look at the standings in the NFC, you know, you just sit there and go, the great thing for them is they, like, they need the Rams in Arizona, and they got Arizona on their schedule one more time, and Arizona and the Rams haven't even played each other, right, yet. So they got two games coming up. That could work in their favor. There is a really good chance they can make it just because of that in the NFC West. So we'll see, but I think they're probably going to have to run the table to get it done. Last point on the way out, the Raiders who had been at number 14 Whoa. for four straight weeks. They finally moved. Raiders fans, you got your wish. You complained every week. Why aren't we moving? Why aren't we moving? Well, you moved from 14 down to number 19 after getting blown off the field by the Falcons 43-6. to At Raiders Simp says, as a Raiders fan, I can't even say anything because, like, WTF happened. And uh, we're still trying to figure out WTF happened with the Las Vegas Raiders when they went to Atlanta last week, and they better get it together or they're going to be on the outside looking in. There are going to be good teams in each conference that don't make it to the playoffs, and they'll only have themselves to blame because for all of those teams that don't get in, they're going to be able to look back, Chris, at two or three games that they lost that they should have won. And this is a this is a to get blown off the field in a game they should have won. Unbelievable, unforgivable, and maybe something that disqualifies the Raiders from even making it to the postseason. Yeah, uh, I mean, you don't see playoff teams get dominated or beat like that too often. You don't. And that 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 is concerning. Uh, it really is. You know, but they still got a lot of things you like about their football team. And if they can kind of put this back together, hey, th th this is not over yet either. They just I, – I don't know what to say. They got beat – they got physically beat up. They got outcoached. Raheem was all over John Gruden's offense. 
and 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 the Raiders made some stupid mistakes to compound that too. I mean, as poorly as they were playing, there they were late in the second quarter and early third quarter. It was like 13-3, 16-3, and you just kept going, okay, here they, they'll get it going. And then he threw the pick six at 16-3 while they were in field goal position. That made it 23-3. That was game over, and it just got worse from there. They, they, they packed it in, and uh, that was not a good look and, and certainly a little concerning. We have a rare Wednesday afternoon football game when we return some props for Ravens at Steelers. Better late than never. After three postponements, it happens today. We'll go over some of the props next here on Pro Football Talk Live. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> no Thursday, no Sunday, okay, Tuesday, no Chase, okay, Wednesday. Wednesday is when the game is happening. Wednesday afternoon football. And uh, here we go with the Ravens. Wednesday and the football. Prop bets. Hey, 3.40 p.m. Eastern. You know, at first I was like, what the hell? And now I'm like, well, let's do it. I can't wait, even though PFT PM will be on well, during the game. Do your show. I mean, that's what you got to do. You can't be watching I think the game. I think I think I'll have the cell phone device positioned strategically down at the corner of the laptop, and maybe we'll do some supplemental play-by-play. Yeah, during the uh, during the game itself. All right, more total yards, Chris, Ben Roethlisberger or RG three. Well, I, I got to go with Big Ben there. I mean, RG three hasn't played football in so long, as far as real competitive game here that means something for both teams. I mean, that's a lot to ask. I don't think RG three is going to be some slouch out here. I don't. RG3 can throw the football. He has a special arm. I think he's got understanding of the offense, and I think he'll make a few plays with his legs, but I'm still going to go with Big Ben here. Yeah, look, I, uh, I I don't disagree with that, although you just never know what's going to happen with uh, with RG3 and that offense. And, yeah, you know, you, you, you reminded me of what happened in Week 8, 265 rushing yards, and Lamar Jackson was part of that, so – We'll see. But the problem with the Ravens offense has been the involvement of the receivers. I don't think that changes just because RG3 is on the field. If anything, it's going to be even more challenging. They haven't had a lot of practice time this week. I agree with you. It's going to be well, Big Ben. All right. Who's well, going to well, I was going to say one thing there, too, just because of the stats there. Like, Big Ben had that, you know, really below average first half the last time. Second half, they kind of figured out a few ways to attack them. That's going to be interesting to see, too. You know, you see there. Yeah, 158 yards, second half, two TDs, was only sacked once. What are the Ravens going to do? they got to realize, yeah, our offense might not be as good without Lamar. We can't let really what Big Ben did at the end of that game was just play one-on-one ball because they're so confused. He just went, oh, wait, this guy's one-on-one? I'll hit you. Oh, he's one-on-one? I'll hit you. And they slowly matriculated down the football field that way. I would think Baltimore's not going to live on that edge this time around and play a little differently. Who will have the most rushing yards in the game? No James Conner. He tested positive last week for COVID-19. We do have Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins back. Over-unders are Benny Snell, 58.5 for the Steelers. Dobbins, 41.5 for the Ravens. Gus Edwards, 38.5 for the Ravens. RG3, 28.5. Ingram, uh, not even on this list because Ingram's kind of fallen out of the offense 
anyway this year. So who has the most yards? Yeah, I, I, I first off, I don't think it's going to be any Pittsburgh running back. I know the Ravens got no Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams tonight either way, but the Pittsburgh just not a good enough running football team for me to sit here and take one of those running backs. So for me, it goes between J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. It's one of those two. And those were the two prime suspects the first time around. I mean, it was Gus Edwards right up the middle, smash your face in. Okay, we'll fake it to Gus Edwards. Here's J.K. Dobbins on the edge, and he'll outrun you. I'm going to go with Gus Edwards today, today this afternoon. I'm going to take him. I'm going to take the fact that, you know, the inside power running game you know, you don't need a lot of coaching and schematics and things like that just to blow off the ball and double-team guys and push them forward. I think that could be a simple way. It's a place they have an advantage, and I think it'll be Gus tonight. I'm going with him. What about you? I I'm going with Benny Snell. I remember back in one when James Conner got banged up, Benny Snell had a big game. The opportunities are few and far between. Bang it into the line. Show what you can do before a national audience on a Wednesday afternoon. But it we know it's going to be Snell. We don't have to guess who it's going to be like we do with the Ravens. Is it going to be Is it going to be Dobbins? Is it going to be Edwards? Is it going to be RG3? It's going to be Snell. He's going to be the running game. And and I, I think that, that he will end up having the most rushing yards. You know, it's funny. We never go back and hold ourselves accountable. We should but tomorrow. This game, well, tomorrow. Because usually we do it on Thursday yeah. and you're not here on Friday. Right. You'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. Let's Pete, Pete, make a note Keep, of all these. Copy and paste these, Pete. Let's remember this. Unless we're wrong. If we're wrong, I don't want to hear about any of them. All right. Which Steeler receiver will have the most receiving yards? Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, or our guy Chase Claypool, Chris? Oh, I'm only... Johnson is is the leader via points bet. 57 and a half yards is the over-under for Johnson. I think he's more not the kind of the go-to guy that in the offense right now. The guy that can do everything. So I do think there's a lot around him. I do think the offense and Big Ben trust him. Th this, to me, comes down to just one thing. Who are Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters going to cover when all three of them are on the field? How does that work out? Because whoever they're not covering is the guy I want to take, right? I mean, that's really how I kind of look at it here. And I, I, I guess I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Chase Claypool. I am. You know, that's my guy. You know that. I've been riding hard with him ever since Notre Dame football two years ago. I'm going to say he's going to get some of those one-on-one -on -one opportunities. And to me, one-on-one, -on -one, it's like a DK Metcalf. Yeah, have fun. You know, roll the dice on Chase Claypool. He's, he's, he's a beast. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You can't cover all three of these guys, and somebody's going to get the opportunities. And Claypool, the – First rookie since the merger, first rookie receiver to have 10 touchdowns in his first 10 career games, and he'll be looking to add to that this afternoon. I keep wanting to say tonight, this afternoon. I know, it is Extending weird. Extending into early evening, leading up to the lighting of the Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center on NBC. Des Bryant, over, under. Now that he's a full-fledged member of the roster, not getting called up from the practice squad and, and becoming you know, the 54th or 55th guy on the roster. He's now part of the roster, over, under, receiving yards, 28 and a half. Last week, he had four catches for 28 yards, his first statistics since 2017. Is he going to have more or less than 28 and a half? Um, I'm going to say less. I could see him, you know, flirting with this number, you know, maybe four for 25, something like that. I mean... You know, again, we know RG3, he can spin it and throw it, certainly. But I, I still just got to think, you know, well, no Mark Andrews. That makes it a little more interesting, too. But I got to still think that, you know, guys like Sneed, DuVernay, and Hollywood Brown are going to be towards the top of the pecking order before a Des Bryant. And that's why I'll just go under there. Yeah, I, uh, I'm I going to go over. Yeah, I'm going to go over. I, I think, you know, Dez, I think Dez is starting to come around and, uh, um, you know, it's a, it's a wild card with a different quarterback. Yeah, that's right. But it could be that RG three is comfortable with, with Dez. They've probably known each other for years. They came into the league at about the same time. And maybe there's a connection there that we don't quite know about. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say over on that one. Pete, okay. make it, make a note on that one as well to see which of us is right. Chris has the under, I've got the over. Let's take a break. When we return, Given the dramatic connections that we saw this past weekend between Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, a draft inspired by that, the best current quarterback-to-receiver combinations in the NFL. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. 
Megatron's kind of a thing of the past, you know. Not many people know about that. I mean, I, if he'd have called, said something and referred to him like Mandalorian, you know, I think it'd be <laughs> a little more appropriate. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind calling DK the Mandalorian anytime he wants. And there it is, Pete Carroll tweeting. Not bad, Pete. I, I doubt that Pete did the Photoshop there. But the Mandalorian helmet I'm on just, the DK Metcalf. He bottom. knew what the Mandalorian was. Like I'm like like what? I, I had to like double take and go. Is that really Pete Carroll? I'm I'm impressed with that. You know, current pop culture reference there. Pretty good. I'm not a big Star Wars guy, but yeah. I really do enjoy the Mandalorian. I saw I you really text think that. Well done. All right, cool. And I'll I, check I, that out. I, I love I love Baby Yoda, even though that's not his name. That's because it's not Yoda. But it's uh, it's a baby of the same species that Yoda is. All right, time for our draft today. The best quarterback receiver combination. Trivia question goes to Chris. Patrick Mahomes did not join the 500-yard passing club this past weekend. Which quarterback did join that club this season? This season? This season. Man, who am I missing this year that joined it this season? Hold on, I'm looking at teams here. Barely joined the club this season. Man, I'm going to go with... Did Dak Prescott get 500? You're looking down at the screen. I swear I'm not. Look, look, I got it right here. I'm just looking at standings right here. See that? Wait a minute. They, they, were, they, were a, they were a little <laughs> quick with the horns because he didn't say final answer. He just said, did Dak Prescott get 500? And they hit the horns. Control room being Way very, to go, Nicole, in the control room. That, that, she's from Jersey. Right. She knows you know, she knows how to do this. She knows Jersey. Week four, together. Cleveland game. A loss. 500 yards wow, and a okay. loss. Dak Woo. Prescott, 502. So, 10 active quarterbacks are in the 500 club. Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, Jared Goff, and Matt Schaub, who almost made it twice. He had 497 once to go with his 500-yard game. You get the first pick. Best quarterback-receiver connection currently in the NFL, Chris. Well, I'm going with the most the, – the, I mean, I don't care what happened last weekend or not. This is the one I, I've always think that. You know this is – I think this is the best receiver in football, you know, and I'm going with Hill and Mahomes. Tyree Kill, Patrick Mahomes. That's – you give me my first choice, I'm taking those two. You know, just – uh, not that Tyreek Hill will fit with any quarterback, but he fits perfectly with this guy. I know that. And, you know, with all that he brings to the table, not just his ability to beat people deep, but, you know, the speed sweeps, those those stuff, all those things he does, it's special. Defenses have to reorganize how they want to play when you play him. Uh, and when they connect, it's for touchdowns. I like that. That, to me, there's a big difference between a guy who's got a lot of yards and stuff and it's three or four touchdowns between a guy and then another guy who's got, you know, a lot of yards, maybe not as much yards as the other, but he's got 10, 11, 12 more touchdowns. He's making a lot more big plays that are influencing his team win, and I, I think Tyreek does that in a big way. So, in other words, you like guys who didn't get tackled. That's, That's right. Like. <laughs> I like when they flip uh, into the end zone backwards. I, I I would say uh, that this may have been my first pick, even if you had gotten the question wrong. Yeah. You, Which one are you going to go here? Right. Yeah. Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. Yeah. Because there's no more fun connection right now because of the possibility of that moonshot by Russell Wilson that goes straight up, comes straight down, and there's DK Metcalf making the big catch. And Metcalf, one of the most exciting receivers in the NFL right now, him and Wilson together, and they aspire to catch – Marvin Harrison and Peyton Manning for the most all-time quarterback receiver touchdowns. They're at 16, I think. They have like 100 to go, but uh, maybe they'll get there. Yeah, well, maybe they will, and it is special. I mean, uh, there's no denying that. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's right up there in that conversation, so I understand you, you know, maybe wanting to pick that first over Mah uh, Mahomes and Hill. All right. Well, I mean, it's his birthday, and I'm a believer. You know that. I'm going to Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. That's just – to me, that's a special connection. You know, Devontae Adams, I know I'm a little lower on how I look at him as a receiver overall. Yeah, I don't think he's one of the three or four best receivers, top five receivers in football. I didn't have him in my top ten, as you know. I was wrong. He should be in my top ten. I don't think he's top five. But the way he fits with Rodgers in that offense is special. You know, he's a really good route runner. 
And he's got brains to go along with it. But within the, the screen game, the short passes and doing all that, it's all the double moves they have off of it to where him and Rodgers are on the same page so much that are also special that way, let alone Adams is one of those guys. It's not a burner. He's not going to cut a slant and go for a 70-yard touchdown or just you know run by somebody with his feet on fire and get an 80-yard bomb. But when he is covered, he catches 50-50 balls. He catches back shoulder balls. Uh, I'm going to take that as my second pick. Even though the Arizona Cardinals have fallen on rough times since the Hale-Murray, that connection in and of itself yeah. is sufficient to put DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray onto this list. That's my next Definitely. pick. And, you know, from the get-go, it was an immediate connection without the benefit of an off-season program. First year together. Just, just wait and see how they're going to be next year so Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins one of the most exciting combinations in the NFL especially because of the Hale Murray from just a couple of weeks ago yeah uh, that's a damn good one that that I mean I think we've hit the top four for sure like to me I I don't think that was I don't I couldn't argue that with these four now these next two I'm interested to see where you're going to go. I'm going to talk just full transparency because I don't know exactly where I you want. You don't know what you're going to do. Well, I, I got it. I know how it goes. Well, between be, on this one to me, it's between Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and then it's Tannehill and AJ Brown. I mean, when Tannehill and AJ Brown throw the ball, it's touchdowns almost every time. Diggs and Allen is special too. I'm going to go with mm, I'm going to go with Tannehill and A.J. Brown right now. As much as I love my boy, wow. Jones, I know. Wow. But it's just the amount of big plays they make. And I guess the, the the way A.J. Brown is playing right now. And what is it? Like eight touchdown catches in the last eight games or something like that? Just the fact that he's so hot and on fire right now, I'm just going to give them the edge a little bit over Allen and Diggs. I mean, it, it's so efficient, and it's always for big plays and a touchdown, I feel like, with Tannehill and A.J. Brown. And I think that's pretty damn special. And A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf from the same Mississippi right? team. How in the hell did right? they not <laughs> rule college football <laughs> oh. with those guys on the same Ooh. damn team? Dawson uh, Knox, the tight end for the, the the Bills, was on that team. I mean, it's amazing. I used to rail on that team when during the draft process that year. I couldn't get over it. I- I'm going to go with one that, that uh, I'm not surprised Ooh. you didn't go this way because uh, it involves your number 11 quarterback currently. <laughs> But how can we overlook Matt Ryan and Julio Jones? I know. I, it's I, not I, even I, a thought, not even a consideration. No. You were going to go Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. No, you're I, right. I mean, they, they've done too much over the years. We cannot overlook the fact. And they just, I, even though Julio Jones has been injured, I don't even think he played last week. Thank you. Uh, just pick Josh but, Allen and Diggs then. Because the over no. the years doesn't matter. We're talking about this uh, year. To me, right it does. Now. Listen, listen. I blew you away with the first two picks. I can I can throw a bone to your number eleven quarterback. I don't even know. If the, I think Calvin and Ridley's his number one target this year. I don't even know if you I know still, that. I mean, you really blew it I, with that one. Woo! I don't. I don't care. I, I don't care. I just wanted to stick it to you a little bit because you left Matt Ryan off your top ten list. So Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Final answer. Let's take a break. When we return, a special Wednesday game preview with our picks straight up and against the spread. Ravens Steelers. We'll do that next here on Pro Football Talk. All right, a little preview of where we currently stand. Hey, we're doing all right straight up this week. 11 and 4 and 11 and 4. Chris is up against the spread. Tonight's game, Baltimore at Pittsburgh. The Steelers 10-point favorites. This is usually something we do on a Thursday. Although last week we did it on Wednesday for all the games. Here we are another Wednesday, Chris. Taking care of business from last week. Raven Steelers who do you have, and give me your score. Right. Well, last week before all this went down and we picked the game and we didn't know it was going to be canceled and everything like that, I went with the Ravens thinking desperation, maybe Pittsburgh just gets caught sleeping a little bit. Baltimore outplayed them the first time. I can't pick the Ravens right now. I can't. Even though I do expect them to keep this game close tonight. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm dead serious. I would not be shocked if they somehow pulled this out. I really wouldn't be because it's, I don't think it's going to come down to, oh, we have to depend on RG3 to do something special. Um, but I'm going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers and I'm going to pick the Steelers. I'm going to go 23-20 Steelers win the football game. Yeah. You know what? I, 
I want to make up this game where you're ahead of me in this. I, I don't want to concede that. I know. Um, so I, so so let's have some fun. What okay. Who cares? I, I'll pick the Steelers to cover, even though the Ravens did kick the crap out of the Steelers the last time they played. The Steelers just happened to score more points than the Ravens, which is the only statistic that ultimately matters. I think this time around, there's too much disruption. I've been following this Ravens story every hour of every day for the last week and a half. This is an avalanche of distraction and and just I, I just the desperation is out the window. Yeah. It's just let's get this game in and yeah. let's start thinking about the Cowboys and I don't think they expect to win this game, and I don't know how they can even get properly focused on winning this game. The Steelers, meanwhile, salty, upset, and ready to let out a week's worth of frustration today. I'm going to go Steelers 27, Ravens 13. Steelers cover the spread, and I catch you at 8-8 against the spread this week. And then I don't know, we'll flip a coin or what to see who drives the bus tomorrow when we do the joint mega picks podcast, PFTPM and Chris Sims unbuttoned. So, uh, it well, will be if a we tie. have a three way tie and then I think we should like, I have you on the straight up picks by the year, but you're your best bets. No, no you're doing no. really well. Let's, no, let's do this. Yeah. Total points for tonight. Whoever's closest total points. Okay. What well, you in your, you, so you've got 43. I've got 40. Whoever's closest okay. gets it. All right. I'll take that. I'm down right. with that. I'm, I'm cool right. with that. All right. I like it. So the game is at 3.40 p.m. Eastern on NBC. PFTPM will be on at 5 o'clock Eastern on Peacock. You know, the NFL should have learned earlier this year when they scheduled a game against PFTPM. Don't don't mess with PFTPM. <laughs> you I mean, your win. ratings were really going to affect this game. I'm telling you. <laughs> what were they thinking going up against you? I want to make sure you got full stupid. concentration during the show tonight. I'm going to turn you oh, on I won't. to make I won't. sure you're not blabbering and stumbling all over yourself while you're watching the game. One of the one of the Monday night games started at five o'clock. I think it was the Bills Chiefs game. Yeah. And Shereen Williams and I both we both were watching the game on our phone while we were trying to do the show, along with everyone else. So uh, that's coming up. Enjoy the game today. See you tomorrow. See Everybody, ya. stay safe and be smart. Have a great day. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.